0: I'm Bobby Kolade.
1: And I'm Nikisi Serumaga.
0: Nikisi is a filmmaker.
1: And Bobby's a fashion designer. We're both part of a generation of young Ugandans taking a critical look
0: at our country. We have arrived. Clothing says a lot about who you are. Imagine what it can say about a nation. This is a podcast about our textile industry and the impact of secondhand clothes on it.
1: Is secondhand clothing the aid it promised to be? Or Hmm. is it a new frontier of colonialism and control in Africa?
0: This is Vintage or Violence, brought to you by the resource of Open Minds, Hivos East Africa, and Rosemary and Ginger Productions.
1: We are five episodes deep, and we have come from far. According to General Amin, 65,000 Asians must leave Uganda. Actually, I took so far, this
2: decision for the economy of Uganda. Day after day after day. And I must make sure that every Ugandan get a fruit of independence.
0: Yeah, this podcast has taken us from post independence Uganda to the downfall of our textile industry in the 1970s, then the introduction of secondhand clothes as charity in the 80s, all the way to today, to a Wino market and this massive secondhand clothing industry.
1: All of this is showing us really the other side of charity and donation. Also crazy how much of a fragile economy it's created for us and the intense resourcefulness of the people who are hustling within this economy.
0: Yeah, you know, in our intro we keep talking about what clothes can say about a nation. And I think we've learned a lot about our industrial past and our possibilities, um, the problems we have. Many of them. (laughs) Um, Well, yeah. But one thing that um, we haven't done is really gone beyond Kampala. Mm. You know, we talk to vendors in the city, a wholesaler of secondhand clothes, somebody who tried to set up industry here in the late 70s. But what happens in rural areas? What happens? What are they wearing? Do they have access to secondhand clothing or to brand new clothing? This episode, I think we should go rural.
1: We're linking the urban to the rural, but the story of the person we're interviewing this episode is so rich though as well, and it reveals questions around accessibility of secondhand clothes for people, how easy it is to get in, but also how easy it is to be pushed out of this industry, and how resourcefulness lives not only in the careers lived, but in the way that we approach the materials we're using.
0: Creativity is a survival tactic in Uganda. Our guest is Kevin Fields Asengo.
1: And she's a professional chef who made ends meet by selling secondhand clothes between Kampala and Tororo, 200 kilometers away. Here's her story
0: You are a trained chef
2: mm-hmm.
0: by profession. Yeah? That's what you do. But you once told me that you also started selling second-hand clothes. Yes. How? How did that happen?
2: Mm, Just I was working. In a restaurant? Yeah, a barren restaurant. Um, And the money that they were paying me, it wasn't enough for me to pay fees for the children, rent for myself, clothing, everything, as you know. Yes in the house it wasn't enough because by then I was earning 400000 The money was too small for me and I had to sit down and say what can I do. Not ask anyone, I just woke up when I got the salary. I didn't have food in the house but I said if I buy food the money is not enough to start the business.
0: You didn't have enough money to take care of the children. Yeah. You tried to find a creative solution and you, you found it in clothes. Yes. Are you particularly interested in clothes as well? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's not that I'm interested, but that was what I could do by then. Okay. Because I, was re- I could report for my work at midday and I could leave at 1 a.m. So what else could I do? My mother cannot cook. I would say that, let me start up a small restaurant, which also I could not afford. And clothes, at least I could afford it.
0: Why couldn't you afford a restaurant? In
2: a restaurant, it's expensive to start. It would ask me to buy shares, buy saucepans, buy the, the gas, the charcoal stove, blah, blah. How much is that? What was
0: your starting capital? For this clothing business?
2: I started with two hundred and seventy for only clothes. Now if I calculate with the other things I did maybe I ran up to six hundred.
0: Six hundred. Yes. And you wouldn't be able to start a restaurant for six hundred thousand? It cannot.
2: It couldn't. Okay. Yes.
0: So this was the solution?
2: Yeah. But how did you
0: have the idea of even starting the business? Have you seen other people doing it? Did you know of did you have friends who were in the business
2: The fact is that no one told me. I used to see people selling clothes but I, I didn't know how much are they selling how, what is the profit the benefit, I don't, I didn't know but this was just me. I sat down me alone and I thought that if I sell clothes even if I am buying it at for example even if I am buying a cloth at 3000 here and I'm selling at seven thousand days is something.
0: There's a profit. Yes. So tell me how how was your first day? How did you start? Oh, we know it's a big market as yes. we all know. Yes. You can't just walk into the market and say, Oh, today I'm going to sell second hand clothes. There has to be a start.
2: I had confident for myself. Okay. That was first. Yes. Yeah. I had confident that I will do it and I will make it. I'll manage. So I just woke up one day at I got Saturday like today, mm-hmm. so the neck like tomorrow morning at five, I was in a window market because I used to go and buy clothes for myself in a window market early because you have to go early, you come back and go for work. So I knew by five, a window is open.
0: So you you kind of knew your way around the market already. You, you knew where not to go. so
2: much. Not so much, that is the fact.
0: Okay. You know, I've, I've been going to a window market yeah. my whole life as well. <laughs> uh, but before, when I was a teenager, I used to go, you know, with, with, an, with an, uh, an elderly person who would yeah. guide me around. Yeah. And now, as an adult, I go there also. But yeah. I rarely go alone. And a window market is a lot. Yes. It's a lot. Yes. And sometimes I get overwhelmed. But how, how did you feel when you were going there for the first time? to start a business, were you scared?
2: I wasn't because I had already known the story of a winner. I went knowing that a winner, they cut people's bags, (laughs) a winner, they can grab your phone. So I went knowing all these things because that word is everywhere. Once you are in Kampala here, they will tell you, when you are going to a window, be careful. <laughs> yeah. Where's a bag? Are you? So, I was aware of all that. So, when I went for the first time, you know, I'm a fan of covered shoes. I put my sh- money in my shoes.
0: Inside your shoes? Yes. That's where you kept your money? Yes. Yes. All right, so tell us. So, you decided to wake up in the morning yeah. to take your salary? Yes. And you went to the market?
2: Yes. I had salary of 400000 I went with it to the market. So when I reached there, I started moving around. So when I saw women are fighting for clothes, <laughs> when they're cutting belt, I had to go there.
0: She saw the action and you were yes, attracted to the drama? Yes, yes, Okay.
2: So I also went there, started fighting with them, pushing them, selecting also. But... All in all I realized what I selected was not <laughs> the best. Okay. Was not good one. So there's a lady was f- your first time. Yeah, it was my first time. So one of the people who are who who were selling, I think she was also selling. She sells from a you winner. Know, she's called Juliet. I went to her. I saw like she was talking nicely, I said this one will help me. And I asked her how they do things, if I want to sell clothes, how do I get it, look at what I've got. She laughed at me first and she (laughs) told me, you will not manage. If you manage here, you have to come very early and also you have to have energy. If you are picking, unless you are buying a belt. A full bale? Yes, a full okay. bale. But if you are picking from people who are cut, you have to have energy because there is a fighting. You have to pull enough so that you can keep selecting. How many people back. were
0: fighting for to pick out nice pieces from one bale?
2: Oh, there are more than six.
0: Six people standing around one bale and they're More all
2: than men and even women, like even seven, eight people fighting for the same one bell picking oh
0: my goodness Yes, that's a hustle
2: so she told me you sit here and wait there is someone who is almost bringing at 10 and I was supposed by report at work at midday so I was like in time, time so she was like you have to be here you have to wait for 2 hours by 10 that man will be here you wait be patient I said the bell was already there. It was already there. Yes. But they were waiting for the owner okay, to come to and it. give the price and also to cut the one which is not taken. Okay. Yes. So Juliet helped me to select and bargained for me. The did, first Did you buy a full one? Or yeah. You, you bought a full bell. Yeah. On your first day Yeah, of? my first day, yeah. Ah, good yeah. Good. At two hundred and seventy thousand.
0: And what was in it?
2: That was bed sheets, but you find like inside this mix, there's pillowcases, there's duvet cover, mattress cover, and also some pairs of bed sheets. And what yeah. did you do? So my first day, what she picked for me was really good because I got good bed sheets inside. So she told me, uh, "You you have to grade it, sell the bed sheets." at a high price then this other one dube cover mattress cover you can sell it at lower price then i came back home with the the belt i entered the house i cut it after cutting i started selecting so i said no all because i needed money all i have to look for the way of making it to give me good money so what i did i decided to I had idea of cutting these ones to make them also to be pair.
0: So wait, let me try and understand. You were cutting the duvet covers or the bed sheets. The no, bed the cover? duvet cover. You would cut them into two pieces. Yes, because they're usually double.
2: Yeah, they are double. I cut it to make two. You make bed sheets. Yes,
0: so you use one duvet cover to, to make, make a two pair pairs, two one bed sheets. pair yeah, two okay. bed sheets. One duvet cover. For two beds, sheet. bed sheets. So yeah. So you're doubling your income.
2: Yes, that's what I used to do. So what I could do, I first select because some some uh, some of them comes when they are pair. Some of them find they are not matching. Have to look for something which can match this one to make also a pair. These ones I also cut and design them. Where they design them? Yes, like flowers. Tell me more
0: about the designing. What do you mean?
2: No, like for example, when it's torn, yes, I can't sell it in a low price like the way people do. I create flower there. I draw flower with a pen, and I take to the tailor, and I tell her, "You make for me this flower."
0: Yes. So they were patching holes yes. into the torn pieces. Yes, and you would think of the pattern, and you would take them to the which tailors.
2: There are tailors in the market, you know, we know market. Even there is a museum in Kisugush. He was my very, very good museum. I he was could your friend, he used to help me. Yes, you. yes. And also, I used to give him money. Two hundred shillings, three hundred.
0: <laughs> but that's amazing, Kevin. So, so with the pieces that were damaged, you would you would make design them to make them look a bit better, to, yes. so that the holes are covered. The
2: holes are covered, and they look more nicer than even what is not damaged, because what had damage was. Sold more expensive than even what did not have.
0: You in, you even added to the value. Yes. By redesigning, by making, yes. uh, you know, repairing them. Exactly. So this was at a point where you had already started selling for a few. Yeah. You had experience. Yes. Exactly. You would cut the bale at the market. Yes. Leave the torn pieces with her, yes. the tailor at the market to repair. Yes. And then go home with the, with the other pieces. Yes. Where were you selling all of these um bed sheets?
2: Mm, I would send it to my mother in the village.
0: <laughs> you send it to your mother. Yes. So your mother was your business partner.
2: Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> where where does your mother live?
2: My mother lives in Tororo.
0: Tororo. Yes. That's Eastern Uganda. Eastern Uganda. How many hours away from Kampala is it?
2: Four hours. Four? But before I send, I first have to grade it, okay. because for her she doesn't know. Mm. She will just sell yeah all the same price yeah
0: Yeah. would you give her a a price list
2: yes i could give her a price list because she doesn't know how much i bought it and she doesn't (laughs) know how much i need so (laughs) i used to grade it and write i get a piece of paper i write there this one and by each i need maybe five five thousand and where was she selling uh, she used to sell it in the market, in Tororo market, yeah. The main toro market? Yes, she I had... got a place there. What kind of place was it? Um, there was. It was not nice because it was not a building. It, the, by then, that troll market, troll market was just a place. There's a person whom you give some money. Like rent? Yeah, like rent. Then they show you the space. So you build it by yourself.
0: So what did she build the shop with?
2: We put four iron sheets up. Yeah. Downside, we put a papyrus mat. That's amazing,
0: Kevin. So you you built a shop with your mother Yes. at Tororo Market. Yes. And then she started selling. Exactly. Was there a lot of competition? Were there many people?
2: People are there, but not so many. Then when I got again more salary, I decided to buy now shirts also. A belt mm. of shirt. Also, then I graded and also I sent to her. In the market, there was no one selling charts.
0: Oh.
2: Yes. The would you would find them only in shops, new ones. So secondhand charts were not there by then unless you cross to Malaba.
0: Malaba, which is at the Kenyan border.
2: Yes. There's Malaba, Kenya, Malaba, Uganda, but you go to Malaba, Kenya. Yes, that's where I, those people could get second-hand shirts from. So when my mother told me that, I said, okay, I decided to go and bring the shirts also. And that's where I got money also in shirts. It really helped me.
0: And it was moving. When you say it was moving, mm. how fast was it moving?
2: Eh, <laughs> it was moving, Mr. Bobby. Because if you can sell... Um, like, for example, you sell 50 clothes in three weeks. That is not bad.
0: You were making good money.
2: Yeah, not so good, but according to the situation that I was, yeah, it was better.
0: How many years did you do this for, Kevin?
2: I think that was like three years because I started this thing in 2013. 2014, we went... Two fifteen around the August mommy fell sick. It was like two years and some months.
0: So when she fell sick, what yeah. happened?
2: The situation went bad, worsening.
0: And it means that your business collapsed.
2: Exactly. That was the end of it.
0: Have you ever seen cotton, cotton. feels like cotton being grown? In, in In your area
2: yes where It is in the village people grow cotton. In your village yes
0: Did your family ever grow cotton?
2: Yes oh I yes. know this Yes, they grow cotton. Even today I just have to ask if they, are, they have it now but they used to even last year.
0: Do you know what they did with the cotton that they grew?
2: They sell whom? they sell there's a man who always come to the village and move with the Wayne scale and the cavera. And that man has a store there in the village. actually not in the village in Toro town. So he moves in the villages with the Wayne scale.
0: Collecting, A-
2: collecting, even can go shouting. Uh, you have the one who have cotton, the one who have cotton, have come. Uh, so you bring out your cotton,
0: you sell. Was he Ugandan? Yeah. And he was speaking in English? No. So how? In the he? language.
2: <laughs> how do you say
0: cotton in your language? Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. Pamba. Saying, Pamba. Mm. And he would buy from all the different people yeah, in the village Yeah, but and take just them.
2: not very many people who are growing cotton in the village. Most people prefer growing food. <laughs> mm. But they are there, but not like everyone. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So there's a man who always comes and buy the cotton and takes to his store. So from there, I don't know what where he takes it
0: or... What he does with this cotton, you don't know.
2: Maybe they sell it for people who make clothes, but I don't know where. I don't know where he takes them. You and me have ever planted cotton. You yourself? Yeah. You planted?
0: Hmm. When? How yeah. old were you?
2: I was like over oh, thirteen years old. That was the only way people could get money in the village because you know in the village those days if a parent helps you with the school issue will pay your fees buy your uniform buy your books and end there what about other things you need some have pity for putting your uniform, you need maybe another pair of shoes, or some people even go to school without shoes, so you need to struggle and you buy your shoes, pair of shoes, maybe sandals to move at home. Those things in the village, parents don't mind about it. So it sometimes forces children to, could you start growing cotton and sell? Because if you grow food, they will not allow you to sell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but cotton.
2: Yeah, so you grow cotton because cotton they will not eat. It will be there. So sell, grow it, sell it. Even if you need to get your 5,000, it's enough for you to buy your plastic shoes of 3,000, half pet of 2,000. You are very big at school
0: who <laughs> <laughs> Nikisi it's a shame that our podcast is only 30 minutes long because you know listening to Kevin I could sit here for hours
1: So many details in her story telling us so much about what kind of options people have as they're actually just trying to like build a life for themselves in Kampala. But the number one for me is the need to take a risk. And actually, I'm starting to find it a little bit infuriating. We heard it in Ali's episode, how she just had to like come up and be like, you know what, I got to do something. Let me take my old clothes and use it. Kevin is a chef. She's also taking clothes and trying to turn them into something. But not because she wants to. No. A hundred percent because she has to?
0: Yeah, and like investing three quarters of your salary, that's taking a risk. She's literally buying bedsheets and, or she bought bedsheets and sent them to the village. There's risk everywhere.
1: The crazy thing about that risk, as much as it paid off, I remember she also said she she made money, but not that much money that you would really justify risking three quarters of your salary And as quickly as she started, is as quickly as the business ended.
0: Exactly. And this is the thing that infuriates me because when people, politicians as well, talk about how we need these secondhand clothes because I hate this sentence, job creation. (laughs) Job creation. But Mm -hmm. what kind of fucking jobs are you talking about when from one day to the next, one family member falls ill.
1: And the whole thing falls apart. It's
0: gone. This vulnerability everywhere There is no future in vulnerability.
1: Yeah. To to bring it back to the discussion between secondhand clothes and original, even the fact that she was selling bed sheets made me think about how pervasive secondhand is. I had only thought about it in terms of shirts, trousers, clothes, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. No. It's it's everything. Absolutely everything. everything. And the truth is, you can go to Game and buy bed sheets from South Africa. But I promise you that the bedsheets at wino Market are better in quality than the bedsheets from South Africa. The brand new bedsheets from South I Africa. I believe you. So this whole thing is just problematic.
1: From beginning to end. Now we've taken our city problems to the village. Mm. Someone who is selling cotton is now selling secondhand clothes.
0: Maybe I'll close by saying this, Nikisi. Well, I was once on a research trip in Kasese which is in western Uganda for those who don't know and we visited um farmers cotton farmers and i think it was a sunday we had just walked through cotton fields and at the edge of the fields between the settlement and the fields there was a lady with a mat on the floor and she was selling second hand children's clothes on the floor in the sun and i thought to myself wait th- this is this is this is wrong she is growing cotton literally behind her she is selling secondhand children's clothes on a mat in the sun behind her cotton fields Mm -hmm. that image is a problem
1: that is the state of us
0: wherever you're listening from please share your thoughts with us on social media our handle is at secondhand violence on facebook twitter and instagram let's find solutions together
1: This is Vintage or Violence.